Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Becker's HIT RCM Virtual Forum. This session is titled Digital Transformation on a Budget, How to Innovate with the Resources You Have. We've got a good bit of ground to cover here, so, so we're going to dive right in. Uh, we have a great panelist, Phyllis. Uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and talk about your role and, you know, what, what you're up to um, at uh, Ohio State there. Great. Thank you, Brian. So I'm Phyllis Teeter. I'm the Chief Information Officer for the Wexner Medical Center at Ohio State. Um, we are a large university, as most folks would know us as the Buckeyes, and we, uh, but we also have a very large academic medical center. It's comprised of seven hospitals, a um, uh, hundred or so ambulatory locations, um, as well as an uh, academic college of medicine, and we do have six health science colleges in addition to the College of Medicine here at Ohio State. So a big uh, health-related presence in the academic community as well as in our local community for um, the provision of care. Yeah, certainly a large organization. So curious how and you have that academic footprint, but also you know the footprint in Columbus more broadly. Um, so I'm curious, what's your, what's your approach to digital transformation? Like, how, how are you going about executing that? So we, uh, it's, a, it's a journey. Uh, and I think the most important thing is to understand what it means at your organization. Digital can be used to describe lots of different dimensions and have lots of different scopes. To, so to, to get your organization on the same page is really important uh, to understand that and to really be able to move together. At Ohio State, we, a number of years ago, decided that we would create a joint um, structure overseeing our digital transformation. And uh, the chief marketing officer and myself created a joint position that has a dual reporting relationship to IT as well as marketing to really start thinking about digital. And we had our first director of digital strategy in that structure about seven years ago. So it's been quite some time I think we've learned a lot um, and it's really morphed into a broader strategy that uh, helps us really to transform the way that we deliver care, but also we think about it as a way to transform the way that we engage subjects in our research mission and the way that we engage students in our education mission. Because um, we do have the, the three-part mission to, um, to deliver care, but also to um, discover things for healthcare of tomorrow, as well as to train the future healthcare workers, um, doctors, nurses, all levels of tomorrow. So, so you mentioned that that you, you sort of transformed or, or created that role about seven years ago, right? Uh, yeah. and, and that you've learned a lot in that period of time. I'm wondering what what is the biggest thing that's changed? If if you're pressed, if you had to say what what's changed the most? I know like seven years a lot can can. Can occur, yes. and I'm sure it's a, a ton of transformation. But put it on, put on the spot. Uh, what's changed the most? I think we thought um, when we first discussed and really started thinking about this that the expectations of our users for a digital world were high and incredibly high, and we needed to be able to meet those. We had no idea how much higher they would be in a seven-year period or eight years now, and um, and just. I think that the, the continued advancement of the expectation of, of all roles, right? A patient, a caregiver, a researcher, student, an employee um, that does administrative stuff, how they operate in the world um, digitally continues to just advance and the reliance on it advances so much 
um, that we need to build all of the infrastructure to make sure that they're reliable and sustainable and all of the, um, and all of the things that we use to get work done. Um, I think I, I also that um, the IT piece, particularly my job that supports uh, digitalization has become more and more complex because it needs to be more and more transparent to the end user. Um, it is, it is uh, my, my personal maybe opinion about it is that providing systems that look like they're so easy and um, not complex and don't have you know hundreds, if not thousands of moving parts um, and having that robustness behind them actually makes the infrastructure more complex, but it has to get better and better. So it has to advance and that is leveraging all the tools in our industry, um, virtualization of resources, um, cloud computing, um, and really thinking about that infrastructure in such a way that um, that is not just hardware and software, it is about creating that, um, that sort of bulletproof backend so that that reliance um, and expectation of the customer, um, we can live up to that. Absolutely, absolutely. That's a lot of that's a lot of change in a <laughs> short period of time. But think so. So we've talked about this. We've had this retroactive conversation where I'm asking you to think about this journey in the past. I want to move transition a bit now to look forward. So, what are you focused on right now? What are you focused on in 2021? Uh, what transformations are you trying to execute? So uh, while we're, we're very much um, in the fight against COVID, and so that has uh, put many of our plans as, as all of us in our lives and at our work um, on hold. And so we look, um, we are on a, a July 1 fiscal year. Um, and so we're really now able to start thinking and planning that we think that we can actually set objectives um, that maybe will move us forward in spaces, um, you know, starting starting with fiscal year 22, which for us begins in July. So and when you talk about this year, for us, I think we are, um, we have, and I can and, um, talk a little bit about it, but we have really driven some, a lot of advancements in digitalization because of COVID. So, um, so that's been um, a catalyst, I think, for so many organizations to be able to have us be able to see the future. Um, so our, but we're starting to talk, what will our priorities be as we have the luxury of, um, of really beginning to plan um, in a different way because we believe that we'll have the bandwidth to, to really move some different things forward. Um, and certainly we um, need to harden the things that we've put in place um, during COVID. And by harden, I mean, we need to make them you know, we did a lot of things very fast, still doing a lot of things very fast in the vaccination world. Um, and, and while they're all working and they're all providing tremendous benefit, we do need to go back to a few of those and, and make them really the standard of production and reliability and those kind of things and, you know, finalize some decisions. Um, we have some security things that we've had some, again, um, help from the federal government, uh, more about privacy that we've been able to, to um, do some things that have helped us move forward and fight the um, pandemic. So, so that's kind of first on the list. Make sure we know what those are and that we create the bandwidth to be able to address them. Uh, we are looking forward thinking that um, we have done a lot in sort of the telehealth, right, the virtual visit space, but 
thinking more about the opportunities in patient monitoring um, as part of our digital world um, and how do we, through partnerships, through technology, um, really create that bridge to care at home um, or monitoring at home. And so a lot of planning right now um, and starting to think about that space um, and how we can really change the game, you know, not just when we're connecting directly with the patient, um, but when the patient is at home um, and all the time they're at home through, through monitoring and engagement in that space. Um, we are also addressing, and here we think about um, what's called the MarTech stack. It's the marketing technology stack, like a CRM, um, good um, marketing reporting, data analytics around our digital efforts. Um, all of the things in that stack, we're looking at those and doing a refresh of that, um, of that work and really, again, thinking about how do we build that out to take us forward. So a lot of work on that marketing technology stack. Um, we have, in February of last year, the before time, um, we uh, created an analytics center of excellence at Ohio State at the Wexner Medical Center. And um, they were just starting to think about how to, how to leverage that um, when COVID arrived. Um, and so there's, they've done amazing things with our analytics um, to advance the fight of the pandemic. And, um, and so I think really now building that into some of the other processes and the things that we have. So that's a big focus for us is just really um, bringing forward the vision we have for our analytics center of excellence um, that I put in this space. So um, those are some of the things that we have on deck um, that we're really starting to get into some good planning. Yeah, I mean, it just sounds like a breezy 2021 for you, Phyllis. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm interested uh, when you talked about sort of hardening processes. I want to go, go back to that. Uh, I think that's interesting. Like so many things that, you know, I think that the pandemic has just taught um, health systems so many things about what they do and what they can do and what they can't do. And perhaps revisiting stuff that has just, um, you know, uh, been used one way and not really changed or tinkered with ever. So I, I'm wondering if you can walk us through the process with which you're identifying these areas that need to be hardened. Like you talked about sort of, um, you know, adjusting things for the pandemic and going back and making them like sort of streamlined practices. I'm wondering if you could just work for our attendees, if you can get, get real specific with us. Yeah, I'll give um, maybe a couple of examples. One I would talk about is um, that we, like many institutions, we're on a slow, gradual journey for virtual visits, right? We were having a good month if we had, you know, 50 to 100, um, but, and it's slowly, slowly growing as we were sort of um, encouraging areas to take advantage of it. Um, and then in two weeks in March, <laughs> we went to, you know, thousands per day. <laughs> um, and so, um, so that, that we, what we did at the time with two influences, one was speed to market and to make sure that we could engage a patient um, with some new tools that maybe we didn't have scaled to the level, right? So, so we, we offered many solutions. If you can get them via sort of an epic integrated visit, if that um, is, is your way that you would like to engage a patient, you know, we offered that. We offered a standalone with um, another tool. 
we um, offered, you know, some, so we offered some way, different ways to do things because we didn't have time to, you know, do our thorough standard setting process, test it, volume test it, you know, all of the things that we would do in a regular rollout. Um, it did teach us maybe to be a little more agile, um, <laughs> which is good. Um, but now, it, you know, we're, we're making our way through that. We, like everybody, have been experiencing a surge before Christmas significant here in Ohio. Um, and so we were kind of back to, to many more virtual visits um, because many of our patients um, and, of course, some of our caregivers, you know, were, were in quarantine at different times. And we still needed to be able to see those patients. The, the, um, the, the things that they had that needed attention in healthcare didn't go away just because of COVID. So it's really, how do we see our patient population? Um, so we've, you know, and, and we've had the latitude also from CMS, of course, to be able to um, not have a fully blown out top to bottom risk assessment that looked in every nook and cranny, um, because again, we needed to be able to deliver that care. So we need to go back to those things. We need to go and set some standards, set very clear guidelines on what to use for what, do the thorough um, risk assessment in every you know, way that we would usually do with any new product. Um, so um, a lot to do. And so it's a good example in the space of our, um, the different technologies for, um, for virtual visits is really to, to go back and, and make that standard for our patients as well as our caregivers. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. I appreciate you walking us through that. Um, and, and something I want to ask as well is, you know, I, I think a lot of our attendees, a lot of people watching this right now are at organizations where, you know, uh, margins are thin and budgets are tight. And you have a, a particularly ambitious 2021 um, ahead of you. You're in the middle of it. I'm wondering if you can talk a bit about how you can sort of get to optimize certain places with the tools you already have um, versus, you know, perhaps uh not investing as much. I think like you already have this analytics center of excellence, which I think is so, uh, it's so great. You guys got that off the, off the ground before all this happened. I, I'm sure you, you feel very happy about that, but I'm curious for folks who, who might be uh, operating on, 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 you know, with slim budgets, uh, what advice you would give them? So a couple of things um, maybe to think about is, um, is, one of the things to do in times of scarce resources is to make sure that the resources you do have are being um, deployed as absolute wisely as you can. Um, and so to engage your organization, there's way more, there always is, but it's even more important um, in a time such as this, more um, demands and more work to be done and good ideas than you can possibly get to. Um, so to really, um, vet with your organization that, that the things that you do pick to address with your scarce resources are the things that are, that are gonna provide to the best of our knowledge, the very best value. Um, it's really a time to double down on that and know that, um, that you know, the ability to acquire more resources may be very difficult. Um, and so to really triage things that um, that might have felt super important, but now um, maybe need to be put aside because, um, because there are other demands that we need to address that are really gonna move us forward um, you know, more quickly. And of course, that's been much of the story of the, um, of the pandemic response is that we put a number of things because we just couldn't just add you know, 
couple hundred staff to deal with all the stuff with the pandemic. <laughs> um, so we did, um, you know, really worked with our organization to help them understand that we can't do it all. Here's what we can do. Is this, you know, are these the things that you want us focusing on? Um, in addition, um, you did talk about leveraging, you know, what you have. I think that we've, it has helped us to think um, anew uh, about how we leverage um, the tools that we have from Epic. Um, and a, a good example is we, um, in this late summer, um, got a phone call from our main campus that um, that they were purchasing a new laboratory system um, for testing our students um, and um, really felt that that had talked to a few people at the medical center but felt that that was the best choice. Um, and we said, well, hold on, um, let's look and see if we can use Epic, right? Um, and, and not have to buy a new system. And so, you know, we pulled people off of projects and we leveraged our investment in Epic um, and ended up within three weeks, um, we were um, starting to do COVID testing for um, our first set of students um, and sort of a whole separate and had stood up actually a testing lab where they actually processed the um, samples um, over on the campus side. Um, so really vetting out is there any way that we can adapt our current tools um, to be able to do this? Um, and our motto at the medical center has always been sort of, you know, if Epic can do it, we're gonna use Epic. We already um, have that relationship. It's already integrated into our workflows um, and, we, um, and we really need to leverage that. And I think that's the same with any EMR, right? It's, it's really EMR agnostic, um, but that has to be ours. And, um, and if, you know, our EMR vendor is going to do it soon, we're probably going to wait and use that because instead of buying a third-party system or building our own, um, it is important to make sure that, um, that you are leveraging the tools that you already have on site um, to accomplish these things, so. Yeah, you really laid out some sort of, um, you know, you, you have to be pragmatic, uh, but also like the, the prioritization piece, I think is so important. And that there's nothing like, nothing like a crisis to really <laughs> hammer that home. And I think maybe, yeah. do you see that as a, an opportunity to sort of carry that uh, ability to prioritize and sort of triage outside of the pandemic once you're into sort of maybe non-crisis time that whatever amazing future awaits us? Uh, <laughs> um, you th is, that, is that something you, you hope to carry over that sort of maybe sense of urgency or that, that just... Uh, ability to have that laser focused, right? To like, yes. we have to act, we can do this. You know, is that something you hope to carry Absolutely. on? Absolutely. Yep. And I think that is the, you know, and I joked about becoming more agile. I don't think, you know, large universities or academic medical centers are thought to be very agile, frankly. <laughs> um, and so, but, but I think that was a learning for us. And that's also part of this, not only to, to be sure that you're working on, you know, the, the, some subset of things that are going to make an impact, that you're able to focus. I mean, that focus that we had, you know, through the end of March and, and in April allowed us, and, you know, even like when this, they wanted to start testing the students um, on our system, allowed us to get things done in unheard of timeframes. We scoffed at somebody that said they could do, you know, stand up a new lab and testing process in three weeks. Like, <laughs> you are crazy, right? Um, but um, but when you 
um, have the appropriate support um, and focus um, and you think about you know the the work to be done in the kind of chunks um, where it's all in and we're going to get it done and then we're going to move on to the next thing instead of trying to do that you know three or four things at once um, it does make a big difference so Right. I appreciate that. Um, I, I think I just want, before we end our time together, I want to ask one more question. So what are you working on? What are you working on today that you think could really revolutionize care in the next 10 years? Today. Um, so I think taking, um, again, with the, the, what we've learned through the pandemic and those things to, to really look again at that digital patient experience. Um, from end to end, from the time that, um, that you know, you're in the gym talking to your friend about the best place to get healthcare advice, right? Um, all the way through, you know, chronic care um, and an inpatient stay, all of the things that, um, where we have an opportunity to um, change the experience of our, um, of the consumers or the patients or the researchers or the students um, or our staff um, thinking about that in a new way and really making that be um, the first thought um, about how we tackle new problems, not, you know, oh, here's the problem. Okay, here's the workflow. Here's the thing. Wait, now how do we make sure that that works digitally? Um, and it's not a new concept, that digital first sort of thing, right? Certainly many organizations have looked at that, but, um, but we're taking a fresh look at that to really plan um, and, and think about um, what is the very best way for us to um, take advantage of the learnings and the, and the current technologies to deliver that better experience. So. Well, Phyllis, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for, for sharing with our attendees the work you're, the work you're yes. doing at Ohio State. It's been- Well, thank really you, fun. Brian. It was a great discussion. Thank you so much. Uh, and to all our attendees, thanks for, for joining us. I uh, hope you enjoy the rest of the event. All right. Thank you.